I want you to step away from the edge, Brom. Can't you see I need time to think? I, how, how, how am I supposed to think when everybody is shouting at me? The only voice that matters is mine. Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio, the community podcast about video games which aims to bring lapsed and active gamers together in an effort to keep the hobby alive for us all. I'm your host Stuart Neil, and today we will be talking about what we've been playing recently and any new stories of note. Joining me today are regular co-host Mark Hamer and as a very special guest we have Kitty Crawford. Good evening. Bonjour, no. Um So Kitty, um, I know you from the Games NI night. Um, that was held a couple of weeks ago and uh, that was my first sort of foray and learning about uh, the number of games developers actually within Northern Ireland. I was very surprised. Um, But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, So I have been working in the games industry in Northern Ireland for about two years now. Um, I started off as an assistant producer uh, coming from another industry uh, I've hopped around a wee bit and worked for a couple of different companies, but I've been with Blackstaff Games now for about the last year and a half. And then the other hat that I wear within Northern Ireland at the very least is Games NI. So um, Games NI is an association of now 15, it was 10, mm-hmm. there's now 15 of us. Um, companies have came together with a common goal of raising awareness and increasing opportunities Uh for companies as well as for students and people who are interested in games and simply because people don't really know that we're here or what we're doing um, and what's possible and basically just trying to improve the industry for absolutely everybody Mm -hmm. and so I've been chair of that for the past year it's 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 into its third year now okay um so I'm now into my second year as chair Mm -hmm. um yeah, and then another thing I do on the side just for fun is uh, I'm a staff writer at readyup.net, which I mostly just twitch these days. <laughs> I, don't, I used to do review videos and I used to do articles and stuff, and now I'm just like, ah, it's just twitch. Because <laughs> it's, um, I really enjoy interacting with people like that, like like in a live sort of setting rather than doing a review video like solitary and then pushing it out. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, like from a personal standpoint, I've been... I've, I I got my first PlayStation at the tender age of eight, I think, and I've had a hardcore love of, of video games ever since. So yeah, I saw in your um, I think it was your Ready Up profile that you're a big fan of the Final Fantasy series. Yes, that was my my very first games that I ever played were Final Fantasy VII and Broken Sword. Are the are the two that I remember the most? Are the ones that have stuck with me. Mm. Um particularly uh i remember i remember when i was really young i must have been about eight or nine i remember it was a like a point of pride for me that i could play broken sword two in one day which i did (laughs) regularly just to prove to myself (laughs) that i could do it and then final fantasy 7 like i've played it quite a lot of times but i remember playing it when i was young and then playing it again when i was a bit older like a teenager and being and thinking to myself 
God, as a young child, I understood all of this. But as a teenager, I can see all of the awful spelling mistakes and bad translations <laughs> that just went over my head. Or even like, you know, any of the insinuations or the nasty talk and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've played pretty much all the Final Fantasy series. Went back and played all of them as well whenever they, you know, I had access to them mm-hmm. um, via a DS emulator. Uh, I think I stopped being a really avid fan probably around Final Fantasy 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when it kind of got like I played 11 and all the the online one but then 12 came out and it sucked and then 13 came out and it sucked even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I hear great things about 15 not story wise but um but uh, um, yeah, well okay uh, the st- I think the story is really good. Uh, but it's really disjointed and the yeah. final say three or four chapters it feels like there's a lot of stuff missing a lot of bits and pieces like the first half of the story like well, to be fair like you need to watch the Kingsglaive film before you even start playing it to be honest yeah um, um, which is worth watching it's it's pretty good it's the it's the best final fantasy film so far i know that's a low bar but it's yeah. the best one so far <laughs> let's not forget spirits within oh my god yeah um yeah no, the, the story's fine uh, and, and the ending it got to me like i welled up a little bit which i haven't done with the final fantasy game in quite a while but it's just as like this big it feels like there's big chunks of story explanation missing like things happen and you're like or what? How did that happen? What, what, how did this character end up here? Uh, and I don't know whether that's going to be filled out in DLC. Uh, they have talked about how they're going to be patching it at some point in the future to include some more stuff in that back end of the game. But um, it's a really good story with some big holes, basically. See, the I think the best Final Fantasy game before this one was probably Lost Odyssey, <laughs> um, which is kind of similar in that the actual storyline is a big bucket of piss but the (laughs) character development is so good that you don't care because Mm. you're in it for the development of those individuals and i kind of feel like final fantasy 15 probably falls into a similar category but i can't really hold that opinion yet i've not played no no it it absolutely does it's like uh, it's all about the the friendship between uh noctis and his three friends um that's that's what is like at the, the heart of the story and that's what drives the whole thing forward it's just the there's not there's this huge gaps missing from the story of the uh like the the ancillary characters around um the main ones but like yeah, the, the whole thing's driven by the friendship between these four characters and that that is done really well see i do like that like i i did mock the game when it when it was first coming out and everyone was saying you know everyone was really excited about it and i was like i really don't want to watch you know, boys don't go on tour. <laughs> it, like, it does not sound like a good time for me. But like, I've watched a couple of reviews that are like, no, this is actually, they're really endearing and sweet and it feels really lifelike and real and, and how they're portrayed and developed. So I, it's it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I know I want to buy a PlayStation 4. So mm. it's, people have won me over with their reviews. So we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Going back to your other work and what have you, um, for Blackstaff Games, what sort of work do you do um, with them? So I'm a producer, so which means most of the time I do the boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do the schedules and the budgets and I'll work with clients and uh, work with the team and, and just ensure that 
all the work that we're producing is, is at the quality that it needs to be for who whatever we're working for, whether it be like our own personal projects or say for example our last project just before Christmas was for the BBC, so it was it had to be to a certain quality uh, mm-hmm. or a certain standard. Yeah, a standard that we that we are always striving for, obviously. Yeah. But um but I also get to be involved with a lot of the fun stuff as well. So being in development meetings and actually coming up with ideas, developing those to the point that they're going to work in a game and not just on paper mm. uh, is a lot of the stuff that I would be involved in. So there's, say for example, there's one game we're working on at the minute that's like a world building game. So that's involving a lot of meetings of us sitting down going, okay, how are the mechanics actually going to work? How is this going to make sense? How is this going to pair up with fun as well as the, the art and the narrative that we want to work in? Um, so yeah, like anytime we have to pitch for anything, I would be the one that would bring a lot of like the, the marketing stuff together, anything to do with our target audience, um, looking at competitors, stuff like that. So basically, yeah, the sort of businessy management side of, is what I primarily deal with. But as far as I'm concerned, I do that stuff to be involved with everything else. Yeah. So... Oh, very good. Yeah. And Sorry. I think from your resume, um, which is quite extensive <laughs> from what I saw on LinkedIn, um, you've done things like web development and being a runner on various uh, TV shows and things, or uh, film sets and things, was it? Well, I see my my background is really convoluted. Um, I actually started off as a web developer. Um, I think I started making websites when I, when I was since, since I was about like twelve. At least that's when I remember making my first website. Mm. Um, and I did that right up until I went to do it in university. And then, <laughs> the, the, like university does for a lot of things, it just like sapped all the joy and loveliness <laughs> that I got from web development. So um, I think I left university and literally within a month of the job I'd got I was like I hate this so much (laughs) so I left and I started working in TV and I worked in TV for about four years um as a I started off as a as a researcher I think by the second year I was in I was an assistant producer Mm -hmm. um which is part of the reason it was not a very difficult transition for me to step into game development simply because it requires a lot of the same set of skills Mm -hmm. Um, just a different temperament like um, TV is very loud and very excitable and game development is not (laughs) (laughs) it is more quiet and solitary (laughs) which I very soon discovered Um, but yeah like even now I still I still make websites for people Um, I used to do a lot of private and public uh, courses in like web development and videography and stuff like that and I still do those every so often now so it's kind of I've always been a freelancer I've always been I've never been like although the company I worked for in TV I was with them four years it was usually for like six months of the year and then the other six months I'd be out doing other stuff and mm-hmm. um, because that's how their seasons work so I've just learned to have a lot of strings mm-hmm. simply because I'm I'm also somebody that gets bored very quickly <laughs> and I'm kind of like, hmm, let's do a new thing now. Let's try this on for size. And, but also just because it means that if one thing falls through, I'm not sitting going, oh my God, how am I going to make ends meet? Oh, I can just go do this thing now. So, um, yeah, that it's been interesting, but, <laughs> um, 
I'm never bored. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably always the best way to be. Mm. As a civil servant, I can attest to being slightly bored <laughs> in work. Sometimes so I, I, sometimes I do think to myself though, wouldn't it be nice to just like go into work and not worry? Hmm, am I going to have this job in a week? <laughs> no. That would be nice. Yeah, the <laughs> the way our most recent vote went, um, it's always a little bit of unsure <laughs> whenever That's it comes true. to civil service jobs these days even yep <laughs> <laughs> well this got depressing <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about games <laughs> moving on yeah so we will go into our backlogathon update um which technically is over isn't it mark with uh, the release of the switch yeah yeah but i'm still gonna be persevering with mine because i've got about 50 percent of the way through my list and i i want to try and get most of that ticked off uh, oh, although, f- you know f- for the foreseeable future i'm going to be buried under a, a few new games but <laughs> i will still be persevering with it that's okay i think what we're going to do with this feature is we will still probably keep up to date with what um everybody else is sort of actually clearing off their backlog um but we're going to sort of transition it into uh, sort of a what's in your shopping basket sort of thing um so for me personally um this week i did get my switch pre-order and i didn't even open the box um before trading it in for Uh. cash so it didn't, uh, opening the box just would have been too tempting. Um, so I made £20 on it, which is half the price of uh, Zelda um, on the Wii U. Um, if Amazon ever actually deliver it. I got, an, <laughs> I got an email this morning from them saying it is basically indefinitely delayed, mm-hmm. um, which is not a good sign. Um, they, it was obviously supposed to be delivered on Friday, because it obviously wasn't. They did actually give me £5 credit, so I actually put that £5 credit towards Super Mario World, or 3D World, oh, nice. um, on the Wii U, and got that for twelve ninety nine, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a really good price point. And just as I was coming out of CEX with uh, £300 in my pocket, I um, spotted out of the corner of my eye Star Fox Zero on the Wii U uh, for £15, and I had a voucher for £8.80 in CEX after trading in some Blu-rays and things a wee while ago. Um, so I picked that up as well, um, so that cost me, what, four, six pounds something? Mm-hmm. Um, so those have been my two little purchases nice. uh, this week. so the ultimate bargain hunter. Oh no, I am not. Um, <laughs> Kev, who is regularly on the show, I think he purchased four or five switches and yeah. managed to get then like nearly a hundred pounds knocked off. Um, his one purchase that he decided to keep, he also got um, or bargained with somebody in one of his other local computer shops um, for a copy of Zelda on the Switch and basically traded everything in it was the special edition with the statue and case and screen protectors and everything and um i think he basically um got his copy of zelda free or something like that um Mm -hmm. by trading in everything else um so yeah he between him and andy um on the show as well the pair of them are ridiculous bargain hunters Mm. um which admittedly their bargain hunting is only fueling their lego dimensions addiction Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh no that's all for me this week what about yourself mark because i know you have made a uh, a purchase 
no, I didn't make make the purchase actually. Um, so you know, with the uh, cheeky little console sharing thing I do with the PS4 with my girlfriend, she went and ordered uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Mass Effect Andromeda on the the PSN store so I've got access so I got access to Horizon Zero Dawn and I'll have access to Mass Effect when that comes out so I didn't pay for either of those um but I did get a Switch and Zelda <laughs> and a second Switch which I was going to sell for profit uh but by the end of today uh having had a little play on my switch my girlfriend was like i'm gonna take this other switch home with me um i'll I'll, I'll give you the money when i get paid (laughs) so the other one's gone that's fair enough yeah that's a good that's a good hustle by her i gotta say yeah (laughs) woman after my own heart by the signs of things she didn't even bother pre-ordering just, She's just like, waiting. I can rely on Mark to do yeah, that. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you still get your money for it, though, just not a profit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was, yeah. I, I, I was only going to get about twenty pounds profit on it anyway by uh, by trading in, in uh, CEX. So it's no big, no biggie. Yeah. The one thing I have been very tempted with, um, because I'm not or didn't keep the switch, is the fact that there is a PS4 Slim bundle with an extra controller and Horizon Zero Dawn um, mm. currently being offered by a number of shops. And that, considering I bought the Wii U purely as a Monster Hunter um, gaming uh, console to play Monster Hunter on uh, for £200, £200 seems to be a really nice price point um, for a console. Hmm. Uh, whenever there's a reasonable sort of back catalogue of games out and at least one game that I would really like to play. So I'm still considering it. Um, I'm holding off at the minute. Um, I'll have Zelda hopefully at some point to play through. Um, So I may may well wait until later in the year before finally actually getting into a current generation console. See, Hmm. I kind of, I put money into a monster PC not too long ago, like maybe Hmm. six months ago. So like... It, for me, it's been hard to justify yeah. the purchase, but my uh, my partner has agreed with me that he'll go halfers <laughs> on the PlayStation 4. So we have like a list. I've already priced it out between the console deals that are currently going on and the uh, the the games that we want. It would come to about 300. So if we go halfers, that's that's 150. So we've said initially we'll we'll get to the end of the month and we'll mm-hmm. we'll buy it um but i've turned around now and i'm like well i could buy it now and you could give me the money later because <laughs> i'm like i really like there's very few games in the last i don't know five years that i've really enjoyed um undertale was one of them but the witcher mm. was i was completely new to the witcher series last year and i blew through all three of those games in a very short period of time Hmm. And knowing that quite a few of the developers from that game have worked on Zero uh, Her- uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I have heard some people liken it to Fallout somewhat, which would actually put me off because I'm not uh. a big Fallout fan. I don't like any of Bethesda's open world games. I get very overwhelmed. I can't see that comparison, really, personally. No, that's no. good. but um yeah so i think Stuart, i'm gonna have a playstation 4 by the end of the week (laughs) which is great though because like historically i i you know when i was young i had a playstation 1 a playstation 2 and then when i was gonna buy my third generation console i was like i nearly bought a playstation 3 but I, i was actually working in game at the time 
and mm-hmm. there was either I could either buy a Wii, an Xbox, or a PlayStation Three. And I actually bought a Wii first, and then I realized okay. that the the TV in the living room that I needed to play it on because I had one in my bedroom and it was tiny. Um, I yeah. never got the use of it, so I was like, and the Xbox had so many games. So that was, mm-hmm. hang on, that was 2007, so about 10 years ago I bought my Xbox 360, oh, and okay. I haven't bought another console since, but my, my partner had a PlayStation 3, so I've got a PlayStation 1, 2, 3 still. <laughs> oh, so I'm enough. kind of like, I, I feel like it's nice, I've got all the PlayStations, I'll get a 4 and it'll, yeah. you know, it's not why I'm buying it, but, you know, it'll have a nice kind of kind of trajectory i guess <laughs> generations yeah. look you can sit beside your brother <laughs> but yeah i'm looking forward oh, to it. one of the other things i did over the weekend was i liberated um my wife's wii um from her uncle's house um because we got the wii u we obviously didn't need um an extra wii so we'd given it down to them so that they could um, watch Love Film um, on, but they eventually upgraded to a smart TV um, and that had that capability anyway. So I now have a Wii connected up to my PC monitor and I think I will be playing uh, quite a few games on it uh, now that I have ac- more readily available access to it um, on a smaller TV and not the main TV in the house. Um, so things like The Last Story, Pandora's Tower, uh, Secure Wars, um, Xenoblade Chronicles, which I'm up 45 hours into and <laughs> need you, to get um, back into it. Did you ever play Silent Hill Shattered Memories on the Wii? I haven't, but I have it on my shelf. I picked it up in Alistair for six quid one time and I've never actually got around <laughs> to playing it. I really recommend it. Like I played that game with about four or five different people because it changes every time you play it, depending on who plays it oh, okay. and how they play it. Um, uh-huh. Which I just find really interesting because it kind of says a lot about a person depending on like the characters they turn up and how they turn up and the monsters and how they transform depending on what the game thinks you're going to be most afraid of. Um, Mm -hmm. Apparently the game is able to tell if you're male or female within the first 10 minutes of the game. I don't know how, but whatever. Um, Skynet! Yeah, basically. (laughs) But it is like, it's a. if you ever played the original Silent Hill, it's a really interesting but also just kind of fun and and short and sweet take on the original game Hmm. it's all based on the first game but just from a different perspective which i really enjoyed the one thing i would ask is how scary is it because i'm terrible (laughs) with horror games well i say that i played it with a bunch of different people because i never played it on my own (laughs) but i did find that when you first play it it's scary like it it kind of it has a very distinct line between normal like normal town and haunted scary town but um okay. i think the first or second t- after the second time i saw the monsters i wasn't afraid anymore it's one mm. of those ones like mm. once okay. you get up close with the ugly you're just yeah i just wasn't afraid particularly because all you really have to do is run and you can shake them off but it helps particularly mm. if you're playing with somebody else that they can kind of direct you so you don't even have to you just keep running and it's fine mm-hmm. so it's not too bad but i will maybe make that one of my first games to sit and try and play through then so yeah well. i would recommend it it was very enjoyable i think i i liked the twist on the story the most right we shall move on to what we're currently playing 
Kitty, as a special guest, do you want to talk about your games first? <laughs> so we were talking about this earlier. Um, I am currently knee-deep in a heavy Stardew Valley addiction, <laughs> um, uh, which I know Mark has been playing as well. Uh, yes, a lot of. <laughs> it's really hard not to get addicted. I um, I I remember when Stardew Valley came out, like, like what, what a year ago, a year or two ago, and I like purposely stayed away because I was like, no, that's going to be dangerous for me. And right, I was. Um, but I started playing it at Christmas, and I think I spent like I was. I started playing it the week I was off, and I put forty hours into it, like a full work week into the first week, and then I was like, Jesus, right, okay, we're not so bad now. Um, but I had a point in my head where I was like, I want to get to year three, I want to get Grandpa's approval, and then I'm done. So that was my goal. And I did it. I got to year three. Grandpa was all, you're great. Here's an awesome statue. GTFO. And I was like, great. So I stopped playing, but I've been watching my partner play it again. He just picked it up recently. In fact, he's just playing my copy on Steam. But um, I, uh, I've i decided now I want that that wand. Do you know that wand that you can get from, you can get from a character, you can get a wand that like warps you back home. So I've decided I want that. So I've gone to the casino, I've got the Statue of Perfection, I've started making a bunch of money. At the minute, like I just started fall in year three and I bought 944 cranberry seeds just Jeez. to give you an idea of how kitted out my, my farm is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Do you know how long it takes you to buy that many seeds? Because there's no like quick buy. You just no. have to press the button 944 <laughs> times. <laughs> like, you think about this game mechanically, is the, it's the worst. Like, it's, it, it has been quite badly made. But um, I have two sheds of pigs and then I have my greenhouse with cranberries in it. And then I've got two sheds, one that's filled with kegs and one that's filled with diamond uh, makers, like replicas. And then I've got a, my basement just full of cases or casks even um, making like iridium quality everything. So yeah, but I've got that. I've got my goal in my head where I'm like, right, I want to get this, this wand. And once I get that, I'll probably stop again mm. for a while until I get drawn back in. But um, the other game I've been playing is Hitman, uh, the new one. I've just, I've only played the first two levels but I'm quite enjoying that right now. Um, Paris and Sapienza. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I first got into Hitman years ago when I watched this guy on YouTube called Ozzy Gamer, who was playing Bullet Money, and it was probably mm. the funniest last plays I've ever watched in my life. And I was like, I have to play this game. Um, <laughs> so I did, and I really enjoyed it. And I, when I heard that the latest Hitman was more of a return to blood money mechanics than any of the other hitman i was like oh i'm gonna enjoy this and so far it's it, it's it's quite fun um i enjoy the the timed assassinations and stuff that are on like every week or so oh the uh elusive, the elusive targets, targets. Yeah. yes yep. yeah um so that's going quite well and then the other game that i played i played a game on saturday called john cena's sexy high school adventure <laughs> which everyone should play because it's the best game ever <laughs> do you know what, actually but i forgot to mention i forgot to write it down i've been playing a game called loot rascals that's coming out really soon mm. oh i've vaguely heard about this um at least i've seen mentions of it on twitter yeah. um i don't know a huge amount about so, it it's quite an interesting game um i really love roguelikes 
Um, it started with Binding of Isaac and then Crypt of the Necro Dancer and all those sort of games. Like I, I really enjoy mm-hmm. a game that you can pick up, play for like half an hour, an hour, and then just set down once you die usually but um and then come back to it but loot rascals is a really interesting take on it in that it's it's a turn-based card game but you're a character that moves freely within the world so it's also it feels real time but it's not Mm -hmm. and the way the game works is you you kind of move freely but it's from hexagon to hexagon and as you move on to hexagon one turn is taken and then all the monsters move okay. um and as you he- walk up to a monster you're you battle it out based on your stats uh-huh. and then it'll drop a card and then you can take the card and put it in your inventory and depending on the card you have there chain dictates what your stats are essentially oh, okay so um it sounds very simple but it's actually like once you start getting into the upper levels, it gets quite complicated. Yeah. But it is a roguelike, so if you die, you just start from the start again. Uh-huh. But um, I've been playing that game now for. I bought it early access, probably about a month or two ago. Um, and I really enjoy it. Um, it's it's it kind of there is an element of luck involved, but it also is the sort of game where you have to be strategic. You have to think about what you're doing, and there is a nice sweet like the characters are really very quaint and 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 quite like quirky and weird and and there is a story there that that i find quite amusing um and i haven't like i've there's one level that still hasn't been released and probably won't be released until the final game but um i'm looking forward to the release what i'm not looking forward to is that when they release the game they're probably going to wipe the leaderboard which means my number one spot is going to get wiped off and I'll be very upset about that because <laughs> I am very competitive. So, but Screenshot. Oh, don't worry. Like I've already posted about it on Twitter being all like, I'm the best. Actually, I did it on a Twitch stream, so I clipped it and it will forever be on our, on our Twitch channel with me being like, Excellent. yeah, I'm proper psych out as well because <laughs> I'm a good 100 turns or steps ahead of the person who's in second place and i'm like i am the best (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but that's what i'm playing very good Uh, tell us a little bit more about john cena um i i am aware of the game and series of games as it is um but don't know a huge amount about it yeah oh my god john cena so i've sort of i've I've started to make it a thing where um we where I introduce a game to our, our streaming group that's kind of so bad that it's good. Um, the last <laughs> visual novel we played was called Seduce Me, and mm-hmm. it is a Japanese otame made by a, a 19-year-old American teenager. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's probably the... It's, it's such a bad game, guys. It's so bad. But it was great to play because the girl who was playing it, Susan, who was leading it, it makes her really uncomfortable. So it just made it really funny. Um, so I sprung, I sprung John Cena on her. I, I didn't tell them what I was going to stream until I streamed it. Um, but John Cena, essentially, this guy has uploaded a bunch of games on Itch, where it's just you're this random guy who's going to a high school that just happens to be filled with a bunch of John Cena lookalikes um, <laughs> that all have their very distinct personalities. Uh, by the way. Um, and then you you go to school, and then you ask one of them to prom, and 
and then crazy stuff happens and it's <laughs> fantastically weird and just random um but yeah i played the first one i actually did a lot to play of the first one like a year ago and then somebody mm-hmm. asked me to to stream it and then when i went to find it i realized that there's a second one and a christmas special <laughs> it's the christmas special that gets me oh but yeah like this guy's obviously just in his house being like do you know what do you know what the world needs right now in all the turmoil needs a john cena dating sim that's what it needs (laughs) so um it's just it's just weird and funny and random um i would recommend um getting a bunch of friends together, putting it up and turning it into a drinking game. Every time somebody gets pinned, you have to take a shot. <laughs> it's probably the way your, that game is meant to be played. <laughs> it's how we played Seduce Me as well, actually. Uh, me and a bunch of friends, we played it over the course of like eight weeks. Um, but on a Saturday night, we were all like drinking and stuff and just, mm-hmm. you know, like every, like, oh God, such a bad game i shouldn't be talking about it i should be giving it no no focus but um <laughs> we just sort of sit there and then like it's literally every couple of lines you're like what did that just say <laughs> no <laughs> oh yeah it's not great for women <laughs> anyway what about you Stuart? what are you playing well, i was i was actually just gonna say um sort of from a lapse gamer perspective what have you and um, which of those would you actually recommend well i i know that you mentioned that mark's been pushing stardew valley and and i do really feel like um stardew valley is uh, a really nice game that you can pick up and play but uh, if it was a flip up between loot rascals or hitman i would probably still go with hitman because it's Hitman's the kind of game that you you can go into it, you can play it, and it's not it's not something that requires like a a lot of thought to be able to play necessarily. Like you are kind of being strategic in how you're thinking. Right, okay, how am I going to kill this dude? But it's kind of it's fun trying to work out how you're going to get to your target, how you're going to assassinate them without getting caught, how you're going to get out again, uh, and it's just kind of intuitively fun that way and that you're just controlling this mm-hmm. main character from your point of view um, rather than than trying to think okay how am I going to balance these cards and the numbers and stack on top of each other or whatever which is the the kind of gameplay that Luke Rascals is so yeah and it's very easy to just um, pick up Hitman and play like one mission to assassinate one particular person and play it like within 30 minutes an hour um now each level has so many like achievements that you can do but you don't you don't have to do them you can like you could probably play the whole game in a day i'd say no but that can be your playthrough kind of you could say like right i've got half an hour to play i'm gonna play through the sapienza level and go for this particular challenge like exactly yeah and it doesn't necessarily get um it doesn't get boring either because all no. of the challenges are so different. Like you've got to kill this guy by drowning him in a toilet or you've got to poison him. Like it's still, it's very, all the challenges are very different. So you have to come mm. at the same level, like a completely different way every time. So yeah, that that's, that's you know, just doing the, the achievement systematically is also um, another way you can play the game and kind of gives the game a lot of replayability that it wouldn't have otherwise. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, on the podcast certainly last year, um, I think it was one of our games of the year. 
um, yeah. for quite a few members of the team. And um, then the, me, uh, Ali, and uh, Adam all picked it yes. as our game of the year for last year, yeah. And then even with the physical release now on the PlayStation 4, I think Kev's fallen into the rabbit hole as well. Yeah, he has, and, yeah. Uh, has started playing it too. Uh, so yes, we have uh, went on uh, extensively. <laughs> yeah, I know I know. Loot Rascals isn't officially out, but it's out... Uh, it's out... Hang on. What day is it? It's out tomorrow, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sure it's out tomorrow. Um, it's definitely worth a look. Like, I really enjoy it. I think it's quite a fun wee game. Um, hmm. and I would recommend it but um, I do think Hitman would be an easier game as a lapsed gamer to step into mm-hmm. than, than potentially Loot Rascals is I think you need to be somebody if you're like if you're somebody that lo- really loves strategy then it's definitely the game for you but otherwise Hitman is a lot more just I don't know it's a Hitman's different kind an, of fun another one it's like uh, it's <sighs> I know a lot of people didn't put up this. Kev was put off it uh, uh, originally because he says, I, I don't like stealth games. I'm not very good at stealth games. And my girlfriend refuses to play it as well because she says, oh, I'm just not very good at stealth games. Um, and as I tried to explain to everyone who hasn't played a Hitman game, it's not, it's, like, it's not like any other stealth game. It's not really about, you know, slinking from cover to cover. Uh, that game's all about hiding in plain sight. Like getting the right outfit and looking like you belong in an area that you're not supposed to be in rather than, you know, slinking around hiding behind um, cabinets and, and, and things like that. So it doesn't play like any other stealth game. Uh, and so I tried to explain to people that it's like, it's uh, it's actually a lot easier to play than, say, something like Dishonored or Metal Gear Solid. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a good like entry point for someone who's interested in stealth games but doesn't like like, you know, skulking about. Right. I'll move on to my um handful of games just cuz I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. Uh so a couple of little mobile ones um after the recommendations last week whenever we asked listeners what they'd been playing on their phones, a couple came up um that we just had literally no idea what they were. So I have went adventuring into the deepest darkest areas of the mobile stores on Android and I have been playing Two Dots and Egg Ink. Um Egg Ink is a very odd little game. It's basically you are farming eggs um, by basically getting chickens to produce them. It's a basically a coin tapper, whatever that terminology is for those sort of games. <laughs> eggs, yeah, something. Uh, you There's a red button. You tap on the red button, some chickens appear. They go into the hen house and produce eggs, which you then sell. Um, every so often you get money and you go into the upgrade screen and you push buttons that are green until they turn grey because you're out of money to upgrade anymore and you keep selling uh, keep selling the eggs until you have generated enough um, money for your farm to then upgrade your eggs. So I have went from like a normal egg to a health egg to a medical egg and I'm now currently on a rocket fuel egg and I need something like 200 trillion dollars or something to go on to the next one mm. um it's is it basically possibly like a cookie clicker game yes that's the yeah. terminology i'm looking cookie clicker yes yeah this this sounds very much like uh um 
adventure capitalists. It's actually one of the featured ads in it whenever it actually gives you a little <laughs> ad play to it. Is. Oh um, I have had a little bit of experience with these sort of games in the past and I don't necessarily like them, but I hate myself for spending as much time as I probably have already on this, which yep. was most most of the afternoon. Um, it's... They're addictive, yeah. though. They're designed that way. They are, yeah. yes. It's the same with Adventure Capitalist. Like, it's not a game at all. It's awful. You just tap the screen until you can afford to pay someone else to tap the screen for you, and then yep. you just keep doing that. Uh, and it's it's garbage, but it's just something about seeing those numbers go up. I went off on a little rant last year um, about one that I ended up playing called Abyssrium, um, which was... it's. Basically, you're a little coral um, at the bottom of the ocean, and you are well, like a little oh, what's the hot water um, furnace or whatever it is. And by sort of clicking on the screen, then you generate energy um, that attracts then more life and things to the area around you in the ocean. And you get different fish and little crustaceans, and eventually work your way up to dolphins and whales. Um, but I went on just. Because every time you upgrade, then the next upgrade costs you that little bit more and a little bit more again, and it just keeps on going. Abyssrium was particularly bad because every so often, every time you got a new fish, um, the game was prompting you to either spam your Instagram or Twitter feed um, with a picture of your new fish uh, and then included its own hashtags and things like that. And I just thought, no, this is awful. Um, I also found out a very simple and um, easy way of sort of tricking it by placing a small mandarin orange on the screen. It automatically <laughs> generated all of the clicks that you needed. Oh, sure. <laughs> so it did. What, what did you do? It's, I'm looking at <laughs> it on Google here, though. It's really pretty. It is. It's I yes. Can see it's how you were bamboozled it's very, by it. It is. It's very, very tempting because it does look so yeah. pretty, but it is awful. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, sticking a small mandarin orange at does all your <laughs> does clicks and things for you. Yes, yeah, so you just have to make sure that uh, the screen doesn't black out or anything on you um, while it's doing that. But yes, that got uninstalled. Um, I think the same afternoon, and uh, I think Egg Inc is going to go the same way. Um, it was. Uh, recommended to us by uh, Nick, um, which is at Haunted Crime on Twitter. Um, Tell Nick he needs to of... question his life choices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Possibly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, because he recommended it again there to us this afternoon, and I think Adam picked it up as well, so it'll be interesting to see what he thinks of it. Um, but no, it's just not for me at all. Uh, the other recommendation that we got, I think it might have been, been from Nick or somebody else as well, was Two Dots, which is an interesting little puzzle game um, based in around the sort of Match 4 or um, sort of similar games. But I got to maybe level 18 and it starts kind of pushing you to oh, buy God. any of the bonuses and things. I got to level 300, um, Stuart. <laughs> Really? You didn't, oh, okay. even get the, you didn't even get in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just I was just got too frustrating for me. You know, it's um, it gives you the level bonus of like shufflers and things like that, and it seems an awful lot of the levels just aren't possible unless you use some of the bonuses, whether they're free or paid for, and it's it just doesn't entertain me. Um, so that's getting uninstalled. Um. So apart from those two on mobile, um, that's all I've been playing um, on my phone recently. The other two games that I've been playing, I had a very quick go at Project Zero Maiden of Blackwater on the Wii U. 
Um, there is a sort of like a first episode trial um, version on the Wii U, um, so you can play it for free. Uh, but the full game upgrade is £40. Um, it's part of the Project Zero um, sort of lineage that originally started on the um, I think PlayStation 2. I thought you said um, you weren't good with horror games. This looks terrifying. <laughs> yes, it it is terrifying. I didn't realise quite how terrifying it was. I put about half an hour into it and then my wife said she was away to bed and so that got turned off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, terrifying and includes very buxom um, Asian ladies as well. Um, so that's no, it's not necessarily for me. <laughs> so it's not. Is that uh, whether you're I put with it then? Um, I might put it back on again just to try and get to the end of the free ep- free episode and see how I go with that, but I don't think I'll be playing a huge amount of it <laughs> and certainly not stumping up the £40 for it. Um, although I do know that it was released as a physical special edition and I think that goes for um, sort of £80 and upwards, uh, so it does, and I think it's been seen for even more than that in CEX on occasion uh, whenever it appears. Um, as part of my then uh, little sort of bonus um, that I got for the money and what have you book from Amazon for Zelda not arriving, um, obviously I bought Super Mario 3D World and it arrived today and I was able to spend a little quick half hour of it uh, with my son um, before he went to bed and that is going to be an absolute joy to play. Um, mm. It's a lovely game. It's somewhere in between Galaxy and Super Mario 64. Um, so far, uh, from the little time I've played of it, I don't think it's... Super Mario 64 is such a high benchmark to reach, and it's always hard for the Super Mario games to maybe um, sort of get up that high. Certainly Super Mario Sunshine um, didn't quite reach that, although Galaxy had its own definite flavour, um, and sort of, sort of stayed away um, from the more sort of... A 3D-ified um, 2D platforming um, of, say, Super Mario 64. But Mario World is very, very nice from the little I've played of it already. And I know Lee and Kev have been extolling the virtues of it uh, for a good wee while. Yeah, I, I adore that game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd put it in the same... Like, I always felt that, like, uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, and then from how what it looks like so far, Mario Odyssey were, like... That one set of like particular style of 3D platformers, and then 3D Land and 3D World were slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera doesn't follow the character; uh, it doesn't yeah. follow him. It's sort of like above, um, and from kind of like a fixed point, you don't really move the camera around at all. No, um, so they play slightly differently. But uh, have you played that at all in uh, co-op? Yes, as I say, I was playing it with my son, although he was just changing himself into a little bubble most of the time. So yeah. Was, and just floating around behind me. It is <laughs> so it was, quite it was chaotic. basically one player. Yes, um, I can imagine it definitely would be, especially whenever you're all trying to grab items and things like that. Mm. Um, but that was, yeah, I think that'll be um, a fun one to play for the rest of the year. Uh, no, so it is. And it is an absolute masterclass in level design as well, mm-hmm. like all the way through. Yeah. That game is incredible. And I've played one of the Captain Toad levels as well, and you can definitely see oh, where, they yes. got, where they got the inspiration then to extend that and expand it mm. into Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, um, which is just a great game as well. Um, mm. Again, 
it's Nintendo games, their age ratings are particularly low, but they are definitely not for... Um, the difficulty level certainly goes quite high um, mm-hmm. for younger children, so it does. Um, they can sort of run around levels and have fun and what have you, but they'll not necessarily complete it any time. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly Treasure Tracker is what a three... Um, so it is, and as a puzzle game, it gets very difficult um, with timings and things like that um, as you progress through the levels. Um, mm. But yeah, 3D World, lovely. For what I would recommend, it's going to have to be Super Mario 3D World out of those ones. Uh, two Dots is frustrating. Egg Inc. isn't a game. And Project Zero is just a little bit too scary for me. <laughs> so Super, Super Mario 3D World is definitely the one I would recommend. What have you been playing, Mark? Uh, well, I was on holiday over the weekend, so I uh, haven't been able to play too much, but I have sunk uh, a good few hours into two particular games that, on the face of it, are quite similar, um, but have quite big differences as well so first of all uh, horizon zero dawn on ps4 um this is probably one of the most hyped games for quite a while it was one of the most anticipated uh, ps4 games of this year uh, for sure if not for the last couple of years since it first got shown off um so where to begin um so before this game came out, when I was watching the footage, I thought like I had a, a, a handle on what sort of game it was going to be like. It looked like it was going to be like a big open world sort of take on almost a Tomb Raider style gameplay with a little bit of Monster Hunter, a little bit of uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Uh, and it's got all those elements in there. But what I wasn't prepared for is like the RPG elements um, that are in there. Uh, like full-on dialogue trees and um, myriads of of uh, side quests and loot and like uh, upgrade slots for uh, different elemental abilities and things like that in in your armor and your, and in uh, your weapons and like uh, mm-hmm. loot quality rarity and things like that. Like oh, it's okay. just like I had no idea was going to be in there at all. Um, I don't want to say too much about the story because, like, I even if I discussed the beginning, we'd be straight into spoiler territory, uh, and I don't want to do that to anyone because the story's been really, really solid, which is one of the biggest surprises because Guerrilla Games have made some very nice-looking games before uh, in mm-hmm. the, the Killzone series, but they've always been... Well, aside from never not playing particularly well, they've always had incredibly forgettable stories as well. Um but this one, it it plays magnificently. The story is is fantastic, and they've managed to nail creating a big open world, but not feeling the need to fill it with useless nonsense and collectibles and stupid like uh, fetch quests and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's none of that in there at all. Like the the world is big. It's really big. Like I've barely scratched the surface on it in the in the six or seven hours that I've managed to play of it so far. Um, but it's more. It's not like you're exploring the world to try and find um, collectibles or or anything like that. It's more you're exploring this world and appreciating how beautiful it looks and like uh, how well designed it is and. Um, stalking uh, using the the environment to to stalk the 
robot dinosaurs i can't think of a better word to describe them to be honest um as you hunt them down to collect the different um resources that you need to upgrade your weapons or to be able to buy a particular outfit or or, or piece of equipment and yeah and, and the side quests are, are all tied into the story and the sort of mythology of the world uh rather than just being pointless mm. it's I'd say the first game since Bloodborne that I would say is probably a console seller for a PS4. Like a a game where it's like, yeah, you need to get this console to be able to play this game. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I want to buy one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's that good. It's like, I I was hoping it would be good. Uh, I was not prepared for just how good it is. Um, Like I said, I've only been able to play... Uh, six or seven hours or so before I went on holiday uh, and unfortunately since I came back yesterday something else has gotten in the way which <laughs> we'll talk on to in a moment um, but yeah it is a, a magnificent game uh, and I, I I didn't know you were talking earlier Kitty about um, people from CD Projekt Red working on it yeah yeah there was quite yeah. a number of developers that um, that were kind of borrowed basically um, from um, CD, CK Project um, Red over to Gorilla, um, like mm. artists and, and programmers and, and stuff like that. So particularly the a lot of the side quest stuff, that's, yes. they've all been done by um, people who worked on The Witcher 3. See, I had no idea about that, but that makes it perfect makes sense. sense. Yeah. Because like The Witcher 3 is... Um, I I see. Up up until playing Horizon Zero Dawn, I'd never played like a big open world RPG until I played uh, The Witcher Three. That had, where the side quests felt like they mattered, and there was some actual thought put into them. And it wasn't just like, like here's line of dialogue: go over there and kill X number of things, come back, get pointless prize. It's like there's actual storylines, and quite a lot of the side quests are not just like a single quest it kind of branches off into an entire thread of quests with their own storyline with like you know with the characters have story arcs and there's satisfying conclusions and it's like that uh, that is exactly what uh was one of the things that was so great about the witcher 3 so yeah yeah, now you said that it makes perfect sense i had no idea but uh, they didn't really sell it on that to be honest either on the fact that it is basically an rpg with really good mechanics um it, very similar to Tomb Raider, uh, you know, like uh, you, most of the the action will be done using a bow. Um, you have to collect Ooh, uh, resources. Great. Yeah, it's, it's I, mainly um, bow based. I love the mechanic of Tomb Raider. I only finished playing Tomb Raider like two weeks ago, and if you'd talked to me then, you would have got a rage fueled rant about why the game is awful. But <laughs> the saving grace of that game is that the mechanics are really fun like i really enjoyed it they just ruined the game with everything else so yeah. it's really nice to hear that they've took the things about tomb raider that i really enjoyed and then paired yeah. all the stuff from the witcher that i really enjoyed and put them together it's amazing yeah um so yeah it's like yeah the the, the big open world um uh you can uh you get the not far into the game you get to the ability to be able to uh hack and control certain of the uh robots including well the first one you gave it to be able to do it with is, is like a, a species of these robot animals that's basically a horse uh, so then you can mount that and ride it around and it is 
infinitely better than riding Roach in uh, oh God, The Witcher Roach 3. Oh, God, so annoying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they improved on that straight away. But yeah, uh, the, the, the bow stuff and the gathering resources in uh, in order to be able to like craft um, health potions and craft new arrows for your bow and things like that, that's straight out of uh, Tomb Raider, uh, you know, as well as like the, the, the climbing and exploration stuff. And then everything else feels like it's taking the best elements of games like the witcher 3 uh and it's combined them together in such a unique um setting uh and i, I wish i could talk about the story but i really don't want to spoil it um, <laughs> don't, yeah don't spoil it it's really really good i cannot recommend it highly enough um but it, it's gonna be a um it's gonna be a time sink mm-hmm. um Apparently, the story can be completed in about 20 hours if you just mainline through the main story. Who does but that, though? Nobody does that, though. <laughs> nobody no. does like, that. I think I lost at yeah. least, between all the three Witcher games, I lost at least 60 to 100 hours. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Just doing everything. Because <laughs> I can't, like, I can't, I'm a completionist. That's why I can't play games like Oblivion or Skyrim or any of that. There's too much. It's mm. too big, but I have to complete everything, so... I'm a, yeah. I'm hoping that Horizon is like The Witcher, where it's a happy medium, where it's like it's not so big; it's going to take you thousands of hours, but it's big enough that it's going to take like a good couple of hundred. I don't know whether it's going to have a comparable level of content to The Witcher Three because there was just there was just so much there. You'll see it when you play it. Yeah, I'm so excited now, Mark. After you uh, explained <laughs> it, I'm like, oh my god, I want to go out and buy it tomorrow. It is really good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was playing right up until I went on holiday. Uh, but then the game that's been distracting me today when I probably should have been playing more of it is uh, The Legend of Zelda The Breath of the Wild. Because, um, yeah, my Switch turned up on... Well, I, I had it delivered to my parents' house on Friday because I was out of the country. Uh, went and picked it up yesterday on the way back from the airport and was so excited I unboxed it last night and went through all the setup and then left it on charge and went to sleep and then got up this morning really early like an excitable child and started playing Breath of the Wild and uh, that is pretty much all I've done all day. Uh, I've played about six uh, or seven hours of that in one sitting pretty much. Um, I was going to say you've got the day off then. Yeah, I had to die off, yeah. I, need, I needed to recover from walking around Rome for three days. Um, wow. Uh, it, I, I don't even know where to begin with this one either. Um, it's everything I hoped for and more. Um, it, it's... like Even having played... like It's the same deal as with um, Horizon. I, after having played like six or seven hours, I have barely scratch the surface even less so than with horizon because i've heard people saying that it's you know you can put 90 to 100 hours into this game easily and still have stuff left to explore and and content left unfinished it is it seems like a gargantuan game but like it's zelda it's it's absolutely zelda um, mm. But they've taken elements of like Western RPGs and, and Western open world games and incorporated them into the game and at the same time improved on them in almost mm. every way. So, for instance, uh, there are these things called uh, Sheikah Towers. 
that will that appear. There's one in each of the regions of the map. And you go to the Sheikah Tower and you climb to the top of it and you interact with the thing at the top. And so, like, if this was a Ubisoft open world game, if this was Assassin's Creed or Far Cry or something like that, you climb to the top, interact with it, and then it will reveal every point of interest in the map around you. Um, in Breath of the Wild, all it will do is it will reveal the topography of that area on your map. And then if you want to find the areas of interest you have to look for them yourself so you stand on top of the tower and then use the um like a binocular function of this chica slate this weird tablet thing that you've got and scan the map and look for what looks like something interesting and then mark it on your map and then you create like a list of things that you want to go and look at they may be of interest they may not be of interest but you have to explore it yourself um this game it just doesn't it doesn't hold your hand really in any way apart from the very beginning where it teaches you the, the like the the very basic controls like this is how you climb this is how you attack everything else you have to discover on your own like combining ingredients to cook even like just cooking even the art of just like lighting a fire in order to be able to cook you have to you have to discover how to do it on your own um so like earlier on I was like I found a fire and I was like I don't want to waste one of my fire arrows how do I work out how to make a fire and then just stumbled upon putting a piece of flint next to the wood and then hitting it with something metal to make the fire start um it the intricacies of the combat um the intricacies of of exploration um all of this stuff is like you just have to find it out for yourself um the game will point you in the direction of the next you know like a major story mission mm. uh, but then beyond that it's just it's all about exploration and it's never I've never played a Zelda game that's felt this open because you can literally go everywhere you can climb on pretty much any surface the only barrier to being able to go somewhere is like how much stamina you have and your stamina is going to be upgraded so eventually you'll be able to just climb straight up cliff faces and go wherever the hell you want it's like you know when uh, uh, there's the age old thing when people they people try to sell open world games and they say like oh you're standing at this point you can see that mountain top over there you'll be able to go there eventually nothing uh, no other game has felt quite like that um, than Zelda does uh, mm. it's a truly breathtaking open world it's it's stunning it's got all the charm um, that you'd want in a Zelda game um, the fun characters uh and you know what seems like it's going to be quite an emotional story line as well great traditional um, Zelda combat but then like you know all the new elements like I said were like um, loot like Zelda games haven't really had loot before you have like a sword uh, mm. usually and then later on you'll get an upgrade to a better sword or you complete a dungeon and you'll get the boomerang or the grappling hook or something like that in this one you just find gear like you'll start off with just like a like a branch from a tree and that's your weapon and you'll use that for a while until it breaks or until you find something better and you use that until that breaks on you until you find something better um and there's loot everywhere um most of it you probably won't be able to carry so you'll have to end up just leaving it or, or selling it on um the crafting um cooking uh, the, the 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 cooking elements feel like they've been taken straight out of um, Monster Hunter, actually. Oh, okay. So that that'd be right up your alley. Uh, <laughs> yes, Steve. it would be. Um, 
it's all it's one of the harder Zelda games I've ever played. Uh having come from the last one I played was um the Wind Waker HD remake on the Wii U, mm-hmm. which was a very easy Zelda game uh in terms of the combat. Uh this one's quite difficult. Like I've died maybe a dozen times already and I haven't I haven't even fought a boss yet. This is just coming up against the normal enemies in the world just because uh, the AI seems to be a little bit more intelligent than usual and mm-hmm. they will flank you uh, and try and get behind you uh, and some of the enemies can move incredibly fast and the dodging mechanic isn't as forgiving as it has been in the past. It's incredible. It's like, as the review started to come in and, and uh, almost everywhere it was getting universal 10 out of 10 or, or you know, full five stars and I think uh, last time I checked it was sat at like 98% on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like... It's going to be good. Okay, is it really this good? Um, and I've, like I said, I've barely scratched the surface on it, but so far it's the best Zelda game I've ever played. And that's a series that I love. So I literally cannot wait to play some more. <laughs> Are you going to go straight after this and play some more before bed? Um, the Switch is on at the moment, just waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Grabbed, waiting to go. Yeah. So for something like, um, sort of comparing this to, say, Skyward Sword, uh, which would have been the most recent, uh, Mm. Zelda, original Zelda, I should say, Mm -hmm. um, barring the HD remakes on the Wii U, how does it compare? Is it that much of a step up? Yeah, I mean, like, Skyward Sword was still a... I mean, it had it, it tried some new things, like there was the motion combat and things like that, and mm-hmm. the environment was slightly different, but it still felt like a Zelda game. Like, this, at one and the same time, feels like Zelda going back to its roots, and also like the 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 game the, the series trying more new things than it ever has done before mm-hmm. um i mean we've had like uh what was the 3ds one where you can switch between uh, 3d a link and 2D. between worlds a link between worlds um that had some interesting mechanics so they've always tried like interesting things uh but this is like uh it's it feels more zelda than than a zelda has in a while but but also mm-hmm. feels completely fresh like it's the studio um trying new things uh and nailing every single one of them first time i don't know when the hell i'm going to get back to playing horizon zero dawn because <laughs> zelda is just <laughs> so good i do i feel kind of sorry for gorilla games because um that game came out and like uh, there was the news uh, earlier today or yesterday that it is um i think shuhei shida confirmed that um horizon zero dawn is the big the fastest selling ps4 the new ps4 franchise yet mm-hmm. like it's sold like hotcakes and the reviews have been great but then less than a week after it came out the new switch launches and uh, the reviews start coming out for for zelda and it's just as as amazing as Horizon Zero Dawn is, Breath of the Wild is just better, unfortunately. <laughs> Aww, yeah, they did. Yeah. Whoever was their marketing manager really should have told them, guys, you just need to hold on for a month. <laughs> we can't yeah. release this right now because this is coming the next week. But yeah. I'd still say well, that because it was a week before, or maybe they pushed mm. it for a week before because they're like, get it out now, otherwise it doesn't yeah. have the chance. Well, lots of people have bought Switches. I mean, they seem to have sold pretty well for a launch, but, mm. you know, it's still a drop in the ocean comparative to compared to the PS4 and barely anybody's got a Wii U. So 
the number of people who will be able to get Zelda compared to the 50-something million people who've got a PS4. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to do fine. Mm. It's a very good time to be a games player who likes big games. Oh, yes. Um, What with... What with Neo um, being not long out, Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and the embargo for Near Automata um, oh, dropped yep. today as well. And the reviews seem to be fairly good on it as well. Um, yeah. So as you're looking, sevens, eight, nines, a couple of places even went up to tens on it. Mm. Uh, so these are all big, hefty games that are all coming out really close to each other. And we've um, got Mass Effect Andromeda... Yeah. Uh, at the end of this month and then mm-hmm. Persona 5 the beginning of <laughs> next month five. yes I know I'm so excited <laughs> which of the two games would you recommend to a lapsed gamer honestly I don't think I could recommend either of them because you you need to put in a lot of time mm-hmm. into both of them um, they're not games you can play in like bite sized chunks uh, mm-hmm. really uh, if you've got the time to spare then I'm going to have to lean... If I had to pick one, I'm going to lean slightly towards more towards Horizon Zero Dawn simply because more people will have access to the hardware to be able to play that. Mm. Um, If you've got a Switch, then you've probably got Zelda anyway because Mm -hmm. there's not a lot else out for the Switch. Uh, And then it becomes a different prospect because you can kind of take it on the go with you and just put it in suspend and just boot it up and play a bit wherever on your lunch break, on Mm -hmm. your commute, on the way to work, and then plug it into your TV when you get home. Uh, But no, if I had to pick one, I'd say Horizon, but very, very tentative recommendation. Like you really need to be able to commit to sink a lot of hours into, into that game, into either of these games. Okay, so we'll move on to some of the news stories that have been um, coming our way this week. There hasn't been an awful lot due to a certain console launch that seems to be dominating most of the headlines. (laughs) Uh, So we will skirt around those, but we'll do a couple of the other ones. Um, This one coming in from Kotaku uh, says there's a Sleeping Dogs movie on the way, um, which seems really strange. Yeah. um, Considering it was... The Sleeping Dogs came out in 2012. It was well regarded um, as an open world crime caper set in contemporary Hong Kong. Um, but it kind of has then just slipped under the radar and I think has been quietly put to bed by Square Enix. Yeah, they canned a planned sequel uh, yeah. fairly recently, which uh, annoyed me because I really, really liked the first Sleeping Dogs. Uh, yeah, it had a lot of faults, but like I really, really enjoyed that game and I wanted them to make a second one and try and you know, perfect it a little bit more. Uh, and then Squeenix just squashed that. So yeah, it's really odd that they're planning on making a film. Yeah. Unless they're maybe hoping to um, sort of reinvigorate the franchise or make it a franchise. I've no idea. Mm, can but um, hope. Yeah. A little bit more details. Uh, so there's no word yet on um, a lot of it, obviously, uh, but we do know that it's set to star Chinese martial artist, uh, Donnie Yen, um, who also appeared then in last year's Star Wars uh, Rogue One. Uh, he will be an undercover police officer on a mission to take down one of the most powerful and dangerous criminal organisations in the world, the Notorious Triads. Sleeping Dogs will hit cinemas, or possibly just the straight-to-DVD bargain bins, depending on how <laughs> things go, uh, at some un- currently unspecified future time. 
So another article from Kotaku is that Square Enix has just released a video of Final Fantasy XV running on PC. But don't get too excited yet. The director, Hajime Tabata, um, director of Final Fantasy XV, enthused about getting the game up and running on the PC. And so one month later, that's actually what happened, and Square Enix has even released a video of showing the PC version in action. However, before you get too excited, it's worth noting that the video, um, which was created by uh, to accompany the GDC 2017 talk, uh, charting the development of Final Fantasy XV, only features PC footage, um... Uh, by way of a tech demo, um, so basically there's not any actual in-game footage as such. Um, but that said, it's hard not to be at least a little suspicious by the fact that the footage features a very conspicuous note stating that it's running on NVIDIA's newly announced graphics card powerhouse, the GTX 1080 uh, Ti. Um, so there's a possibility that it could run, um, depending on the graphics card that you've maybe got in your PC, but as yet nothing has officially been announced. Um, so it'll just be a wait and see. I'd be surprised if it doesn't make its way eventually to PC, mm. um, purely because most of the rest of them have as well. Mm. Um, but it might be a good bit down the line. Uh, 13 didn't make it to PC, I don't think. It did, eventually did it Did not. it? Did it? Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't know if it had or not. Um, 14 was uh, available on PC, I think. Yeah, it was mm. an online was one, though. It was yeah. an MMO online thing, yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I'm very happy for it to, to, to get on PC because it just means more people can play it. And I, I, I had didn't have the best reviews uh, of a Final Fantasy game, uh, but it reviewed pretty well. And the people who love it really love it, uh, including myself. Uh, and I'd like to see more people get to experience it. So if it's... yeah. It even snuck, onto your, even snuck onto your Game of the Year list. It did. the relatively close release date to yeah. that list. Yeah, by the time we recorded that, I'd played nearly 30 hours of the damn game. So <laughs> <laughs> It would make sense for it to be on, to come out on PC this year, because this is the uh, 30th anniversary year for Final Fantasy. This is the year that we get the at least the first part of the Final Fantasy VII uh, mm. remake. Um, there is... This year, yeah, there's the um, remake, sort of remake of Final Fantasy XII that's coming out this year. Um, there's, uh, I haven't really heard anything more about it since they first announced it, but apparently they're going to be releasing on uh, disc uh, Final Fantasies 1 through 10 on uh, Xbox One and PS4 mm. uh, on, you know, all on one disc. Um Oh, which would be pretty cool. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big year for Final Fantasy. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is the year that it, that it ends up on PC. One last little news item then is that the Nintendo Switch is off to a solid sales start in the UK. Uh, this is from Eurogamer.net. So they reckon the Nintendo Switch has sold in around eighty thousand units during its first weekend on sale. So this is about double what the Wii U managed uh, on the on its UK debut and it's a positive increase for Nintendo's home console fortunes but it's a lot lower um, than the, well the launch of the Wii was 105,000 the 3DS was 113,000 the Xbox One was 150,000 and then there's the PlayStation 4 which was a staggering 250,000 units in its launch week um, in the UK alone um, so anecdotally the Switch has seemed to have sold out in most shops 
Um, but there was a couple sort of um, as walk-ins available in places like Game and Argos. Um, but from what we can tell, it looks to have sold out pretty much um, all over in the UK anyway. Um, so it's good to see um, that there's still an awful lot of interest in Nintendo hardware. And certainly that's a big difference um, compared to what the Wii U was. Um, but obviously we've mentioned about the Wii U before and how it was a very bad mixed message um, compared to what the Wii was and uh, trying to get the same sort of audience. And it just didn't really work. Um, but hopefully this is this means good things for the Switch. And uh, it will depend probably on the rest of the year then for its uh, software lineup and what have you. Um, yeah. they, they have a lot announced um before the end of the year um sort of 60 odd uh independent titles as well as um sort of half a dozen to a dozen um sort of third um big third party ones and nintendo titles um so hopefully things will turn around a little bit for them i think it'll be difficult to tell uh, to get a really clear picture of how well it's doing until christmas um Mm -hmm. when there's the next really big boot, uh, bump uh well black friday christmas sort of era uh, area because then we'll have um super mario odyssey uh and uh yeah the other games that will come out over the, the course of the year so yeah. we'll have a decent idea then um but yeah it's a promising start uh, and i really want it to be a success because it's a it's a cracking piece of kit mm-hmm. um and Nintendo really need a win right now. Yeah. I would say maybe six months down the line, um, mm. I think I'd like to see at least one game bundle, um, or at least one game it's pack in with it. to be, yeah. I, it I can see, it, like, I, I imagine, like, round about Christmas time, you'll be able to get it bundled with Mario Odyssey, or at least bundled with 1-2-Switch. I'd say that would be the obvious one, and then, well, there's obviously um, Mario Kart and Splatoon coming out as well, um, yep. which could be possibilities. And uh, arms as well, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Mm. So there's a fair amount coming out. That's all kind of the news. Uh, so we'll move on to shoutouts. Um, Kitty, what would you like to promote or give shoutouts for? Uh, so a couple of things. I'll wear all my different hats. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to all the guys at ReadyUp.net. Um if there's any of the listeners here that would be interested in giving them a check, uh, we do reviews, we do streaming, we have our own podcast that goes out um, once a week. Um, there's lots of different stuff. We're not necessarily a strict review site. It's more um, opinions and, and kind of whatever takes our writers fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also like to give a shout to um, Blackstaff Games' current release, which is called Dog Biscuit. Um, it's actually a mobile drawing app for very young kids, um, uh, maybe from the ages of three to six, uh, where you follow Dog Biscuit through the world and he has to redraw everything uh, in it, which then populates the background. So it's a really nice game that's that encourages a child's creativity, and it's a like a pound or two on ios android and amazon um and that's really it like other than then if anyone from northern ireland is listening and would like to come to the next games and i meet up that'll be in april uh which i hope to see you at stuart yes i again. will very hopefully be there yes awesome um but yeah that's all my shout outs that's okay um just a quick reminder about our free games giveaway you know the drill <laughs> we've got games to give away go check the link in the pod bin notes and select any that you want 
Um, also then, where to find the LGR shows. You can stream or directly download our episodes as MP3s via our Podbean homepage, which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. If you're enjoying our content, please subscribe to Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. All reviews are most welcome and appreciated in order to allow our little community to thrive. And as always, you can chat with us on social media, which is at Laps Gamer on Twitter. And uh, on Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash Laps Gamer. And you can also email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. And you can visit our blog um, for occasional articles, uh, which is lapsgamer.com. And uh, that's about all. So, Kitty, I'd like to thank you very, very much um, for coming on to the show tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me. uh, (laughs) I think considering all the games that you've talked about and have mentioned about loving, um, that fits in with an awful lot of uh, what we like to talk about on Laps Gamer as well. Mm. Um, So it has been been really nice uh, to have you as well. Um, Thank you very much, Mark, as usual, uh, for coming on. No problem just being wonderful yourself (laughs) (laughs) thank you so thank you very much and goodbye bye arrivederci oh that was fun i'm tired now